In his 40th year of coaching, my good friend Greg Kennedy is embarking on a fantastic new adventure. He's going to be coaching a junior A team in Slave Lake, Alberta. Greg is a very experienced coach, minor hockey in AAA, junior A and B in the Ottawa area, and he was even the club coach at Carleton University before they rejoined the formal National Intercollegiate Program in Canada some years ago. But this is going to be a whole new thing for him. And he and I discuss in this episode what the challenges are going to be and what he's looking forward to. Hi everyone, it's Richard on uh, Grassroots, the Minor Hockey Podcast, and uh, I've got my old pal Greg Kennedy on the phone, who has stopped driving somewhere near Thunder Bay on his way to Slave Lake, Alberta, where he's taking over a junior hockey team. So the 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 topic of this show is really hi. <laughs> All right, well, you can't say hi yet. The, top, the, the topic of the sh- the topic of the show is. Where do I start? He's stepping into a, a season uh, two months in with this junior club, and uh, it raises a lot of questions. So, Greg, uh, how's the driving going? It's been wonderful, Berkey. I, I met, uh, hang on a second, I just did 829 and a half kilometers today from Timmins to Thunder Bay for a grand total so far of 1,575.1 kilometers. And by the time this airs on Thursday night, you will be, where do you think? Thursday night, I will be in downtown Saskatoon. In Saskatoon, downtown Saskatoon, okay. Actually, I'll be in the west end of Saskatoon because I always take a room, a hotel, on the outside of town in the direction that I'm heading, you know? Yes, right, of course. Yes. Season season traveler that you are. Yeah. So... You get the team, they're two months or something into the season. What happened to the other coach? He never showed up. <laughs> um, they hired a guy from Sweden. And uh, COVID complications and whatever, he uh, did not uh, make the trip over. Uh, the owner is uh, has uh, calls Kevin McClelland a friend. Kevin McClelland, the former NHLer who played Edmonton. Right. Uh, so the owner, a female. Uh, she uh, had Kevin up there running things, and he said, look, I'm just going to fill in for a little while here. And I think she thought that she could cajole him, convince him to stay. And uh, he got the team off to a 4-0 start and then said, no, 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 I'm going. So uh, they lost their next two without Kevin, and that's when I got the call. Hmm. Yeah, last Monday. So Monday, the whatever that is. I got a call on Monday, and uh, she gave me 48 hours to think it over. And I called back on Wednesday night and said, yeah, what the hell, I'm in. It does present a number of challenges, though, doesn't it? I mean, I I can recall once before when you stepped into a junior club in season. Uh, It was in uh, the CCHL. It only lasted a few weeks, but you were also coaching a AAA team at the same time. Do you recall? Of course you recall. Yes, I I, uh, I took over the Canada Lasers in uh, early September. Right. Uh, the, the previous coach had uh, resigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lasted about two months, maybe three, before I resigned. Right. The, the fellow who followed me resigned. <laughs> and then... And then they had a fourth coach finish the season, so it was a it was a completely completely different scenario than this one. Um, this is a, uh, a a championship team from last year, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, veteran laden 
I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a challenge here. There's an excitement to it. Uh, I had a really good conversation with, uh, with the owner. And we, she talked about the, the number one thing that appealed to her about me was a background in development. And she, she said, and I know other owners have said this before, but she did say, I don't really care about wins and losses. I just want these kids to have a good experience and develop. And if we can get some of them to college programs, then that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I did, yeah, that, that appealed to me. Now, the, the big question is, where do you start? Yes, yes. Well, I arrive probably Friday afternoon. There's a game at home Friday night. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just watch that game. <laughs> well, Talk I'll get to, yeah. uh, I'll get to my uh, I've got a house there uh, that uh, a team home that's for the, for me to live in. Um, I will shower and change and put on a, put on a suit and head to the rink. I'll definitely chat, meet my uh, my coaching staff. There's already um, an associate coach and two assistant coaches on staff. So I'll chat with them and the general manager, and then uh, then I'll just watch the game and take notes. For any, I don't know if anybody has ever taken over a team before of, of my listeners. It's it's very tricky. I've done it a couple of times, and it's tricky. Never as late as this. It's always been, you know, three weeks into September type of thing. But yeah. um, this is really it's it strikes me as being really awkward. Like I. I where do you start? So you talk to your assistant coaches who you don't know from a hole in the wall and you're hoping that you yeah. can trust them that there's a certain amount of loyalty there. True. Uh, <clears throat> what, is the, what are the kinds of things you're going to talk to them about? Well, I want to know uh, who plays with who and why and if they give me a breakdown of, of uh, all the players and strengths and weaknesses and make up, basically go through the roster with them. Uh, I I'll want to know something about the opposition, see what they know about the opposition. It's kind of difficult to to judge a player or a team if you don't know the level of the opposition. Like if, if you're watching the game and they win by 10, is that a good thing? Or, hey, it comes to find out that, you know, the other team sucks. We were supposed to win by 10. So you might want to know some of those things ahead of time. Do you, and, uh, do you think you can gauge something about the the heads of the assistants? By just a very quick informal conversation about the team, yeah, without getting into their so. without getting into their value system and what they feel I would is think important. So. Yeah, like like we could talk tactics. Um, you know, like what what kind of tactical systems have we got in place here, and then let's see what the answer is, and then let's see what shows up on the ice in front of me. Mm-hmm. So that, there's a there's a good uh, measuring stick right there. Um, Another part of the problem is none of these three gentlemen, the two assistants or the associate, are full-time at every practice. I've been informed that well over half the time I'll probably be alone at practice, 2 p.m. every weekday. Oh, 2 p.m. Well, I could see that if you're a working fellow. Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. The three of them all have full-time jobs in uh, Slave Lake. Uh, I, I, I got to be honest. Unless I have to live there, I don't know why I would. But, but three of them, three of them live there, yeah. so they don't necessarily are they are not necessarily in practice every single day, right? So I, I don't know what kind of things they've done with the team. All right. Well, I don't know if there's a coach anywhere who hasn't been in a position a few times of being alone on the ice because of circumstances with your staff. So Correct. if you end up having to go on the ice alone a few times, what's the approach you think you're going to take? Well, I mean, I've given that a lot of thought. But, you know, I've been alone in my car for 16 hours of driving so far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I got to believe somehow or other, I've got to make a quick assessment of what I have, you know, what kind of hand I've been dealt here. I, I will want to talk to all the players, obviously individual meetings and small group meetings and full team meetings. I need to know what they know. I need to know what their ideas are as to what sort of systems we're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you get two or three different answers, then that's a, that's a red flag. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of meetings on ice. Um, it's tough to do a teaching tactical practice on ice with one guy. You know, normally I'd have one assistant at one end with a group and one assistant at another, and I could float back and forth reinforcing points. Mm-hmm. So that, that may be difficult. It may just be that the, you know, practice is more of a flow type thing, and then let's do video and talking and lecturing, teaching uh, the rest of the stuff that needs to be done. From a tactical standpoint uh, and a player management standpoint, like bench management, what do you see as being the priorities? Well, I need to get a handle on the strengths and weaknesses of the players. Um, like, like I, I, my conversations with ownership have been about uh, the idea of playing four lines, and everybody plays like they. they these guys, you, you pay money to play junior A hockey these days. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to have some poor kid go to Slave Lake, Alberta. Like we're talking three hours north of Edmonton here, or two and a half hours north of Edmonton. You really want to go to Slave Lake, Lake, so you can be a fourth line checking winger or something, or a third line energy guy who plays ten minutes a night. So I really want to find a way to get everybody ice time as close to equal as possible other than special teams. Maybe approach it more like a minor hockey team where everybody plays and everybody gets special team time, one or the other, or maybe both, uh, until I get a handle on who's who and who can handle what and who's better at, at what aspects of the game. And also at the same time, I need to I need to learn the opposition. So I'll have some video to look at and scouting reports hopefully from staff and 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 what i can glean off players in interviews and and learn about the opposition too right do you uh did you have that discussion with ownership that you were going to pretty much play everybody equally till you got a handle on things yes we we talked about that she was thrilled with that she said yep no problem Mm -hmm. okay so i like like uh, again things change right you lose a few games and next thing you know there's there's different pressures coming from from other sources or you know even from within the organization obviously those kind of pressures you got to deal with but I'm hoping that uh, that we'll we'll be on the same page and we'll be okay with it. Now that it's interesting about the, the equal ice time thing because uh, you remember Dean Holden I had him on a podcast yep. I forgot which show it was uh, that he was talking about when he was coaching junior and he did do that he did equalize ice time for the team up till Christmas time until he he felt that they had a really good strong base. Um, hockey IQ base, technical tactical base, and that's when he started, you know, sure. having special lines for this and special lines for that. Uh, yeah, but that, he started, but he, but he was, yeah, but he was starting from the beginning. Yeah, true. You, you know, you're you're starting in in midstream here. Uh, I, so that'll be that's so that's one of the things I will be able to observe at Friday night's game. What are what is the current distribution of minutes amongst these players? Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 you got two or three guys that are playing way more than the rest of them, then that's an adjustment for those guys. So that and that may be a problem. So we got to get a handle on that to begin with. Um, there are you're allowed, I think it's sixteen, twenty, or twenty-one year olds, or seventeen 
and this this current club in their current makeup have 14 players that are 20 or 21 years old. Now these are grown so, men. These are not kids anymore. Yes, correct. So with that, you've got two possibilities. One, they understand it and you know they they contribute and they do their thing and they're happy in their roles. Or two, five or six of them or seven or eight of them believe that they're, they should be getting special treatment or more minutes or more ice time or you know who knows which one of those two scenarios this is going to be. We will find out watching them play Friday night and in individual meetings. Well, you've got a group, it sounds like, who have already played junior hockey for probably two or three or maybe even four years. For sure. So there is a risk of it. I mean, not to put a damper on it, but there is a risk with that, that many older Wiley vets of it going sideways if they don't catch on or, or, or want to get into this right away. Agreed. Agreed. I, I am hopeful that, um, I mean, obviously I have to earn their respect. They have to understand that uh, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, that, that maybe I'm going to bring some things and do some things in a different way than, than they've experienced before. Mm-hmm. And we can get that kind of, we can get the buy-in that we like needle the way I operate. So hopefully I, we can get the buy-in. Uh, I've never really had much of a problem with it. I mean, here or there, once or twice, but uh, generally speaking, buy-in's never really been a problem for me. No, it hasn't, but you've also never been in this kind of a situation where you're away, uh, you're far away, which is not the reason for a buy-in being there or not, but they are all far away. Like, you're way out in, you know, Slave Lake, Alberta is quite a ways away from any, right. from anything. Uh, a lot of those players are away from home, and you have an inordinately old team for junior hockey. Yes. Sure. I mean, even if you had a midget team with all veterans, of all 17-year-olds, it's not the same. 2021, 20, no. they could be married with four kids by that time. <laughs> I guess. Um, but again, the, I have no idea how good or bad, how skilled they are. How uh, you know hockey IQ? You've said it. Uh, I, we just don't know. No. An assessment needs to be made, and and we go from there. I mean, you you, you play the hand you're dealt. I've, I'm sorry, but we're not in the National Hockey League. We can't come in as a coach and say this is the way we're going to play mm-hmm. and have a general manager make trades and drafts to get players who fit your system. It doesn't work that way. You know, I'm going to yeah. see what I've got and adjust accordingly. What's your best guess on the type of Types of practices you're going to run in the first week? Flow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be lots of flow. They've been it, they've been a couple weeks without uh, Kevin McClellan there running practices, where it's been what's called captain's practices. So no doubt a captain's practice has been scrimmages. So, so we're gonna we're gonna go in there and do some flow right off the bat and see what conditioning levels are like. Um, I'm I'm also hopeful, Berkey, that. Uh, some of these guys at 20 and 21 years old have some have some leadership and some maturity and can sort of be a de facto assistant coach for me too mm-hmm. as far as, as far, you know as far as leading drills in, in one zone for me with seven or eight guys well you know another one's doing something at the other end and and I can float around so we'll, no, we'll see if that's a, that's there too not to mention leadership in the room leadership on the bench uh, for sure. and when you got a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds and four of them want to get something done, and ten of them are not too sure. Those four have to bring along the ten, as opposed yeah, to the ten bringing along the four. Your normal problem, right? You can divide a team into thirds—a third who are 
highly motivated, excited, and want to be there. A third who are just little pain in the ass, yeah. and the third in the middle. And the key is to get the upper third to pull the middle third up, as opposed to the bottom third pull the middle third down. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like any other. I mean, in that sense, it's like any other team. Um, I, I I think the age factor here will will play a big part in this, and and if, if we can get buy in and we can get some, you know, there's some maturity there and some some tactical awareness and some some understanding, some high IQ, hockey IQ, then uh, then we can transfer knowledge to players who can then transfer knowledge to, to, to teammates. What do you see as being your personal challenges going into this environment? Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I honestly, you know, I've been thinking about that. Like, what's going to be difficult here? And I, I just, I, maybe I just refuse to see any negatives. I just see it as, uh, you know, in a, in all my challenges to me come from I'm uh, five days away from where, from my home. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know anybody. Like, I don't see any challenges on the hockey side. I see the challenges coming from everything else. It's the culture. And I've said that over and over again. In my experiences, I've, I've now coached in, in three different regions two different three different branches and overseas so far uh every place but montreal i had to learn the culture right that was the biggest challenge it wasn't whether or not i could teach a breakout or devise a proper power play right it was so like, i got it right then so my answer was right then well i, I mean that's what i would be looking at i mean you're it's not because you're 3800 kilometers away from ottawa it's the fact that uh, that 3,800 kilometers going in the other direction is practically England or so. I don't you know what, what's 3,800 kilometers from Ottawa going east. Um, you know, if you were in Europe, it would be the same thing, except here they're all speaking English. Yeah. You know, you're not in Germany or Switzerland or Italy. So, you know, dealing with a culture, um, quite a small area, Slave Lake, what is it, 20,000 people maybe? Oh, God, no. It's not even, I don't even think it's 5,000, is it? I don't know. <laughs> You'll find yeah. it soon enough. If you keep crossing, if you keep crossing the street and seeing the same faces, you know. <clears throat> true, true. Yeah, but uh, you know, for from personal challenges, do you see yourself spending hours every day trying to figure out how, how am I going to get a certain message across? Power play message, forecheck message. Um, what do we want to do? Message, goal setting. Some of the stuff that oh, you've yeah. done in the past, you know. But that's normal, right? You 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 got to see what you've got and what their level of uh, receptability is. Recept how how receptive are they? Um, how quickly they can pick up on things? <clears throat> how do they learn? You know, how do they listen and then come up with the right way to deliver your messages? Mm-hmm. There's one other factor that may be thrown in here too. How many of the players on your team are from the indigenous population? Yeah, quite a few, actually. Yeah, true. Yeah. Good point. So that that presents a different set of challenges. That's a that's a world that's foreign to to the likes of you and me. Yeah, yeah. There's there's adjustments to be made. Learning, you know, I'm learning on the job. <laughs> I got a lot of people, right? Yeah. No, no, I'm still. You're not making. You're making it a doubter, Berkey. Like I'm excited yeah. about this. <laughs> oh, it is like, actually. It it's, yeah, it is very exciting. I'm just wondering if if I were in that position. Well, I was one years ago when I went to Europe, but uh, going into that position now and thinking, how do I start? 
<laughs> you know, uh, I'm there one day and I've got to start putting, bringing this team together. Um, do you think it's different in junior than if it were, let's say, in the East Coast League or someplace? Well, no, a professional would be completely different, right? How so? Well, a professional, I'm walking in, I'm in charge, but this is what we're doing. And I don't give a crap whether you like it or don't like it or whatever, right? You really think so? Uh, there's a part of me that believes that. Yeah, I, I. Yes, you're a professional hockey player. You're you're an employee. This is the way we play here. This is the way we do things. Mm -hmm. um, do I want people to be happy? Yes. I'm still working on uh, inclusion. I'm still working on on everybody being on the same page. But if you're not, my reaction to it is completely different with a pro than it would be at a junior level. Right. right. What do you see in your background after, was it 35 years you've been coaching or so? Um, this is my 40th. 40th, okay. So what in your background gives you the biggest advantage that most people wouldn't have going into that situation? Oh, I think I've been through enough situations, different age groups, different levels, uh, varying degrees of quality of team within their league that I think I'm pretty much seeing almost all of it. Is that egotistical? No, it's not, because it's true. Something that's true can't be egotistical unless you were to say that, well, the 25 championships I won were because of me, <laughs> you know. Um, no, but I think that, you know, I've had good teams, I've had bad teams. I've had happy teams, I've had a bunch of little jerks. I've had... Uh, the, the best team in the league, the worst team in the league, a middle team in the league. I've had a team where the top four or five players are the whole show and the rest of them are just there for the ride. I've had shows where everybody from top to bottom was a stud. So I, I think I've, I've been through it. I've had good goaltending. I've had bad goaltending. I've had good defensive teams. I've had bad defensive teams. I've had offensive juggernauts and teams that struggle to score. So I, I, I think that there'll be a part of the situation that when I get there that ah, this is similar to that year. These guys are like that group that I had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you going to try to, so to speak, feel out the environment to find out who your allies are on this team? For sure. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of information, obviously, from talking to the coaches. But again, I don't know them from Adam either, so who knows if they're, what they're feeding me is true or not true. But yeah, from speaking with staff and from speaking with players, a lot of talking, actually, a lot of listening is going to be required up front. Like I said, the first week, it's a lot of a lot of meetings, mm -hmm. individual meetings, small group meetings, team meetings, uh, it, even the even the town, getting to know people in the town and and what they think and what they know and all that sort of thing. Right? A little bit of Friday Night Lights in Northern Alberta. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, who knows? It, 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 did I tell you it's in my contract? I'm I'm only allowed to have four beer or four ounces of alcohol in public in, within the city limits. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was... Uh, I, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> so in, other, in other words, you're not living at the end of the bar getting hammered every night in right. downtown Slave Lake. Right, okay. Yeah. Good. That's good to know. I'll keep in touch with whoever the RCMP uh, officer is out there to make sure yeah. that, you're, that you're on the straight and narrow. Um, uh, I, I found that interesting. They, they, there's a clause in my contract, and it says, like, like while we don't... Uh, well, we're not against the consumption of alcohol... As it, but as it, as an organization, we don't think this is something that should be 
you know, showcased around in public. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. <laughs> All right. I, I was talking. I sent my contract to to an agent, mm-hmm. friend of mine, just to look over. Is this the same Andy, guy that I know? Uh, no, uh, you're probably thinking Andy. It wasn't Andy. I sent it to uh, to yeah, same way. Yeah, you know Barks. Yes. Yes, I sent it to Barks, and, and see, he replied. Just make sure you have your fifth to tenth beers at home. <laughs> That's right. Yes, <laughs> that was his first takeaway. Exactly. In the contract. So now uh, you know we w- I want to cut this short for you because you got to get to your motel. But uh, uh, what's going to be the fun part of all this? Do you think? Oh, just the excitement of being away from home. Uh, the excitement of a of a junior A team in a small town. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really looking forward to settling into a new place and meeting new people and and, and getting the lay of the land and exploring and uh, and the stuff the exciting stuff's going to be off ice more. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Although, well, just the the a new town, new people, new friends, new everything. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, right. I got to find a new pizza joint. I got to find a new Chinese food place. Uh, <laughs> no. There's no bookstore in town. I'm kind of disgusted by that, but there is a library. Mm-hmm. There's no bookstore in town, but uh, Indigo must deliver up there, so. <clears throat> Too expensive, though. Yeah, true enough. Okay. Anyway, oh, no, good. Uh, maybe get a trip down into Edmonton at some point during the season. I have some friends that live in Edmonton. Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Good. All right, I will let you go. I'd like to check back with you in a couple of weeks on the podcast to find out how things are going, and I know you and I will text, and you'll let me know yes. what's going on. Your listeners are going to want to know, Berkey. They will want to know, and what's the name of the team again? Slave Lake? The Slave Lake Ice Dogs of the GMHL. The GMHL. All right, great stuff. All right, buddy. Greg Kennedy, it's been a pleasure, <laughs> and uh, safe, yes. safe drive the rest of the way. Take care. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.